At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. We started the year with a series entitled The Wisdom of God Revealed. And I told you throughout the year I was going to bring uh, just a one-service reminder. We did that at the end of April, and today we're doing it a second time. Just a one-service reminder of what we've taught this year about the wisdom of God being revealed in our lives. Um, so, in this day of, re- of remembrance, um, I'm, I'm encouraging you because it's so vitally important, I'm encouraging you, if you're not doing it, to continue to read a proverb a day. Um, how long, somebody tell me, just say it out loud, how long does it take you to read the longest proverb? Somebody? Anybody timed it? A minute ten. Yeah, you know, you, you can take longer, you can, sp- I mean, I, and the longer you do the proverbs, I mean, it's been a life-changing experience. I've done this before, but this time around, it's like, uh, because of the translations I've been reading out of, it's like I've never read Proverbs before. Amen? And so, you can do anything for a minute, ten seconds. Huh? So just read a proverb a day. No no pressure, just do it. Well, you know, I don't don't know about that. Well, you're not going to know what it'll do and produce if if you don't do it. So I encourage you to do it. I encourage you at the beginning of the year, and I've encouraged you to stay with it. And if you, you know, anytime you're purposing to become consistent at something, anybody ever tried to be consistent at something, maybe working out or whatever, and you did it for three weeks and then you quit? Anybody ever done that? Okay, everybody's done it. Everybody's done it. Everybody's done it. And and not just in that area, but in any area. Well, when you don't do something for a day or two or three, instead of beating yourself up, just keep doing it. (laughs) Just go back and do it. And the more more you do it, the more you'll do it. And the less you'll be inconsistent if you just keep going. Anybody ever do P90X? It was a 90-day deal. It took me 120 days to do 90 days. <laughs> you have to figure that out. Um, but Tony Horton, he, he would always say, just keep pushing play. Just keep push play. Just, no matter what you feel like, on days when you don't feel like you want to do it, just keep pushing play. And if you screwed up and you missed a day and you missed a second day and a third, just keep and play. Just keep coming back. It's the same way with the Word of God. Just keep coming back. Yeah, you know, I started that Proverbs thing, Pastor, but, you know, somewhere around Easter, I just, I don't know what happened, and pick it up. Today, just start with chapter one. It doesn't have to be with every day of the, of the month. I mean, if you're doing that, great, uh, but you're going to have to do two every once in a while, you know, uh, 
or, or a, an extra, or not one, whatever it is, because there's 31 chapters in Proverbs, but there's a lot of them only 30 days, and one of the days only 28 or 29, depending on which year we're in. But anyway, but just, just keep doing it. I'd really encourage you to keep doing it because there's something to what you get out of the book that is actually the wisdom book. And what we're talking about today is the wisdom of God revealed. Um, so, if you've become convinced over the last few years, if you've been around here very long and you've become convinced about what we call daily routines in the Word of God, and praying Ephesians and Colossians prayers over yourself and over people, <clears throat> then you're in a position uh, for a greater increase of the wisdom of God to be revealed to you than, ever, than it's ever been before in your life, if you're convinced of that, if you develop that, if you stay with that, and even when you're, like I just said a minute ago, when you've not been consistent, if you keep coming back to it and stay with it, so you have a whole lifetime to become consistent. You have a whole life to become consistent. Amen? <clears throat> so, I encourage you to do that because confession, declaration of the Word of God on a day-to-day -day basis is not there for you to change your circumstances. A lot of people make declarations and confessions and then... They get discouraged when their circumstances don't change, and then they quit. But confession isn't to change your circumstances. Confession is to change the way you think. Because when you change the way you think and you develop faith in God, then, then declarations of faith in a situation change immediately many times because you believe it. But you'll never believe it if you don't develop a daily routine for your life. And um, I think it's vital that we understand that. And, and it's vital that you learn the importance of that. And when you do, then you set yourself up for change in your life like never before. I believe, and we said this at the beginning of the year, I've encouraged you throughout the year, that, that the body of Christ, we are stepping into our purpose as the church. You know, it, it, it's a great day to be alive no matter what it looks like and no matter how... Let, let me say this. If you are so wrapped up in politics that the only time that things are good in your life is when your agendas are being accomplished, man, you're going to be discouraged a lot of the time. A lot of the time. We have to be involved in politics, but we first and foremost have to be involved in the Word of God. And I'm going to show you that today. I got something today. I got something that, that God showed me just in the last couple of days about what I'm sharing with you today. And it's vital that we, that we get a hold of it so that we see what the purpose of the church is, and then we're a part of that. See, Jesus said, I'll build my church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. So I've got to be a part of what he's building so the gates of hell can't prevail against me. Because, see, I'm the church. 
You're the church, but we're the church, right? And around the world, we're the church. And it's never been a greater time in the history of the world to be a Christian, to be a believer that really believes. I'm not just talking about going to church. I'm talking about being a believer that really believes. And the way you do that is to value the Word of God. The wisdom of God and the Word of God are synonymous. You cannot separate the two of them. The wisdom and the Word are one and the same. So, Ephesians 3.10, and I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation. The purpose of this was to unveil before every throne and rank of angelic orders in the heavenly realm God's full and diverse wisdom revealed through the church. God's wisdom revealed through the church. So the purpose of the church is to be people that are engulfed in wisdom and that the wisdom of God in us is being revealed through us to the world. God wants the world to change because of you. You're not going to touch everybody in the world. That's, that's ridiculous. But the world you live in, your life can affect that, and it needs to, but it has to be through the wisdom of God. We have to understand that. Matthew 16, and it's what I just got through quoting, but I want to read these three verses here. Matthew 16, 16 says, Simon Peter answered and he said, you're the Christ. Jesus had talked to his disciples and he asked him, who do people say that I am? And then he said, who do you say I am? And Peter, you know, jumped up whether he, whether it was right or not, it ended up being right, you know, but Peter was that way because he, he had a passion for the things of God, Amen. Simon Peter answered and said, You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and He said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. What is that? That's the wisdom of God revealed to him about who Jesus was. It had come to him. You know why? Because he couldn't have figured that out any other way. And I also say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The rock of what? Of revealed knowledge, the, the rock of revelation, the rock of revealed knowledge, and, and revealed knowledge becomes to us the wisdom of God. Now, um, I'm going to read these. I have, a, I have a, a really strong definition that I'm going to put up in a minute of wisdom that I want you to really embrace today. Um, <clears throat> but I want to read these, a definition starting with the word wisdom and just watch how I, how I define this. So I define wisdom as the ability to understand knowledge the way others do. Now, this isn't the, the I'm going to give you an, a, a word in a moment, a definition of wisdom that's different than this, but I want you to listen to the words involved here, okay? 
Wisdom is the ability to understand knowledge the way others don't. So you have the knowledge of something, but to understand that knowledge is what Jesus said He's building His church on. Okay? So, the ability to understand knowledge the way others don't. Understanding is defined as grasping the significance of the wisdom that is revealed. Grasping the significance of the wisdom revealed. How significant it is that you not just operate from knowledge, but revealed knowledge. Wisdom that is revealed from the knowledge, that's literally extracted from the knowledge of something. See, you can know, I'll just quote a verse of Scripture to you, and this is knowledge. How many have ever heard this verse that I'm fixing to quote? Lift your hand after I say it. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. How many have ever heard that before? Okay. Most of you have heard that verse of Scripture. Well, there's the knowledge of that. But then there's something about that that has to be revealed to us. And the great thing about the Word of God is you can see something today that you didn't see 20 years ago if you were saved and you, had, you knew this verse of Scripture. But in 20 years from now, there's things that will be revealed to you about that one verse of Scripture if you believe that you need to know more about everything in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. If you believe that and that, and that God's building His church on that, then why, why would we not pursue that? I want to be a part of what He's building. How about you? Amen? That's why, we're, that's why we're saying it. So, wisdom is the ability to understand knowledge the way others don't. Understanding is grasping the significance of the wisdom that is revealed. Significance is the quality of being worthy of attention, importance, seriousness, and the consequences of not knowing it. So, I have this word, I have wisdom defined in this way as a result of those three words. Do you have that up there? Wisdom is the ability to grasp the significance of knowing the importance and seriousness and weightiness of revealed wisdom and knowledge. So when you operate in the wisdom of God, you know how serious it is that that continues. Because of the upper hand that wisdom gives you in knowing things that other people don't know. And I'm not saying we're like we're in comparison, like in some battle with somebody. I'm saying if you're not tapping the wisdom of God, then you, there are things about God's Word that, you're, that you don't know and you're not developing in your life. You're just staying with the knowledge of what something means. And you can stay with that and you just stay with your Webster's Dictionary and, you know, and define words and know what those words mean. And once you've got the definition, you have it. But not with the Word of God. Yeah. Knowledge is one thing. Thank God for Knowledge. As you're hearing me preach today, you're gaining knowledge. But then you need the Holy Spirit to reveal the wisdom of what that really means to you. 
It's vital. Look at this verse, 1 Corinthians 1.30. But of Him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom of God. He became the wisdom of God for us and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. But, but to know that Jesus became that wisdom for us. What, what, you know, what, is that, what does that mean that He became the wisdom for us? What He produced and then what He gave us. You remember when He said, I'm going to send, He said, I've been a helper here for you on planet earth, but I'm sending you another helper. And the, and, the, and the new helper, the Holy Spirit that He sent us, was the one that would reveal all this to us. And He said, I became the wisdom for you because He's the living Word and you can't separate the Word and wisdom. So I became that for you. So it's already in you. You now have to allow it to be revealed. Wisdom of God revealed sets in motion and establishes us in life who we are, what we're here for, and how to accomplish it. Proverbs 4 and verse 1. Hear, my children, the instruction of a father. Give attention to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother... He also taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words, let your heart retain my words, keep my commands and live. And he said this, get wisdom, get understanding, do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth, do not forsake her wisdom and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and in all you're getting, get understanding. I mean, how many times has he said it just in this one passage? Right? Exalt her and she will promote you. People are always looking for ways to be promoted. She will promote you. Who? Wisdom. She will bring you honor. In other words, you'll receive the honor due to you when you embrace her. And you put him first, then he exalts you. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He exalts you at the proper time. Always works that way. She will honor you when you embrace her. When you make this lifestyle of a daily routine, realizing that my declarations every day no matter how few they are or how many they are, are to change the way that I think. Because when I change the way I think, now I can be a part of what He's doing in the earth and what He's accomplishing. And the more I do that and the more I stay with that, these other things begin to happen. All through the book of Proverbs, it says that wisdom at least produces this. Wisdom will preserve you, it will keep you, it will promote you, it will honor you, it will deliver you, it will heal you, it will make you rich, it will defend you and protect you. Wisdom. (laughs) 
I mean, that's everything and more that what people are looking for all, all, all over the planet. And yet, everybody say this after me, I have it. <laughs> you have the wisdom of God. He was made wisdom for you. And when I say this, I say we have no excuse. I'm not saying we have no excuse for there being troubles or the things. The trouble's out there. You live in a world, a fallen world, where there's trouble. But wisdom is within you. And when that wisdom is revealed, it begins to show you and establish inside of you what you can do and what you can accomplish in the earth because all the authority was given to Him. He gave it to us. But we'll never accomplish it without the knowledge of the truth being revealed to us on a day-to-day basis. That revelation is the key to our success. Can you say amen? Proverbs 9 and verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The reverential fear of God, acknowledging, in other words, saying to yourself, okay, I don't understand this. I'm not getting all that I need to get. I'm not understanding every little thing. But, Lord, I'm taking steps toward you every day. That's that's reverencing and fearing God and saying, I want God instead of living and being on the receiving end of the things that didn't produce for me. I want God. But it's, it's a decision that you have to make sometimes moment by moment sometimes situation to situation, but definitely day by day. You have to make that decision. I choose Him and not this other path. Can you say amen? He said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Wisdom and understanding come from the knowledge of God revealed to where wisdom now is what leads me, not just the knowledge off the top of my head. Isaiah 33 and verse 6 Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. (laughs) This is Isaiah prophesying about the future. So everybody that read this verse of Scripture would say, well, Isaiah was talking about today, time I'm living in. Yeah, it's great about the time with the early church and it's great about, you know, people that lived 500 years after that or 1,000 years after or people that, you know, lived in the early 19, or 1800s, 1700s, 1800s, 1900s. But I'm talking about in 2022. He says here, wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of our time. Because if I'm operating in it, then I'm stable. And I was created... To lead myself, my marriage, my family, my church, my city, my state, the nation, and the planet. You and I need to be saying that over our lives every day. And, and, and see, when I'm talking about the world, I'm talking about the world you live in. We live in this world, but I have a world that I'm framing with the Word of God that, you know, I can do things through prayer all across this planet. But my real effectiveness 
is going to be in the world that I live in and how I handle myself in wisdom and understanding. He said, wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your time. And the strength of salvation, the fear of the Lord, is His treasure. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning. It didn't say it was the end of it. It's, that's where wisdom begins. When I say, you know what, Lord? I'm acknowledging you. I don't understand it. Maybe I'm a, I'm a little bit afraid of it. Maybe I'm afraid of the future and not knowing what, but I'm choosing to believe you and I'm going to learn how to do that. I don't care what it takes. That's, the, that's where wisdom begins. When you make that choice. Remember again, wisdom preserves you. It keeps you, promotes you. It honors you. It delivers you. It heals you. It makes you rich. It defends and protects you. There's no end to what can happen and, and be established. Now, I'm just going to give you a little nugget today as I end this message today of how to do this. I'm just going to give you a little nugget of how to value God's Word and draw the wisdom from the Word. So, Follow me. I'm going to read this passage of Scripture. It's not a lot of Scriptures, but it's in the Amplified. So it's kind of long. And it's found in Mark chapter 4. And I'm going to start with verse 10. Just follow with me. As soon as he was alone, those who were around him with the twelve apostles began to ask him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been, he just began to tell them about the parable of the sower. And he said, to you has been entrusted the mystery of the kingdom of God. That is the secret counsels of God which are hidden from the ungodly. They're hidden from the ungodly because the ungodly can't. If you're not born again, and if you're not seeking after the things of God, you can't know these things. Only if you seek after God. And seeking after God is valuing His information over other information. That's how you seek after God. And then do something with it. And he said, But for those outside of our circle, everything becomes a parable. In order that they may indeed look and look but not see, perceive and may hear and hear but not grasp, and comprehend lest haply they should turn again, and it, their willful rejection of the truth, should be forgiven them. And he said to them, do you not discern and understand this parable? He's saying this to his, his disciples and to the, to the probably 80 or 100 that were around him. He said, uh, he, he said to them, do you not discern and understand this parable? How then is it possible for you to discern, discern and understand all the parables? And this is, this is what, this is the key to tapping the wisdom of God. 
The sower sows the word first. Effective financial sowing won't produce in your life if you've not sown the word first. I'm not going to be lazy about sowing the word and then uh, try to make up for it by giving a big offering. No. See, God's not so concerned about some, some of the things that we think He's concerned about. He's concerned about us growing up and understanding Him from His perspective. That's what matters to Him. He said, the sower sows the Word. And here, and I want you to stay with me on this just for the next few minutes. Stay with me on this because i got something that I think will really bless you. What are we talking about? How to extract wisdom from knowledge from the knowledge of the Word. And he talks about four conditions of the heart, of a person's heart. The problem is, in all of our lives, is our hearts and our minds are controlled by information that, is, that does not line up with God's Word. That's the problem. Okay? And so here he shows us something that... I believe is the key, the first key, i got two right here, but the first key, it's the key to understanding how to get in a position to receive from God. So he talks about these soils. The ones along the path are those who have, have the Word sown, or they hear the Word in their hearts, but when they hear, Satan comes at once and by force takes away the message which was sown in them. Anybody in here that's ever happened to you? My hand's up. Okay? First soil. And in the same way, the ones sown up on stony ground are those who when they hear the Word, at once they receive it and accept it and welcome it with joy. Woo! Glory to God! I can change the world! And they have no real root in themselves. Why? Because they just kind of started. They've been going a little while, you know. And so they endure for a little while. And then when trouble or persecution... Wait, am I in the right one? Yeah. And they have no real root in themselves. And so they endure for a little while. And then when trouble or persecution arises on account of the Word, they immediately are offended, become displeased, indignant, resentful, and they stumble and they fall away. Anybody ever done that? I have. I didn't fall away from the faith, but from the word I heard. Third sword. And the ones sown among the thorns are others who hear the word. Notice everybody's hearing the word. Then the cares and the anxieties of the world and the distractions of the age and the pleasure and the delight and the false glamour and deceitfulness of riches and the craving and passionate desire for other things creep in and choke and suffocate the Word and it becomes fruitless. Hmm. It becomes fruitless. I'll just say, all of those... At different, in, in, especially in the beginnings of my walk with God, I found myself affected by all of those, all three of those soils. 
Hmm, that's funny. I, I guess I should be defeated and shouldn't even be pastoring today because I let those things get to me and, and, and I let the word be stolen and, and, and I let the things of life and the pressures of life try to get the best of me and discourage me where the word was concerned. And, and so, well, I, you know, I guess I should be defeated. Then he says, then he talks about the fourth soul. And he said, <clears throat> and the, those sown on the good, well-adapted soil are the ones who hear the word and receive and accept and welcome it and bear fruit. Some 30 times as much as was sown, some 60 times as much, and some even 100 times as much. And he said to them, is the lamp brought in to be put under a peck measure or under a bed and not to be put on the lampstand? He said, things are hidden temporarily only as a means to revelation. When you started out and you started hearing the Word and you started sowing the Word and discouragement came and it tried to pull you away and you made mistakes and you backed off and you kind of got distracted, what things that, that have happened in our lives, he said, he said it's because it's not been revealed yet. See, because there is nothing hidden except to be revealed, nor is anything temporarily kept secret except in order that it may be made known. He said, if any man has ears to hear, let him be listening and let him perceive and comprehend. And he said to them, be careful what you're hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you, and more besides will be given to you who hear, for to him who has, has will more be given, and from him who has nothing, even what he has shall be taken away by force. Everybody hears the word, and discouragement tries to be set in. Everybody hears the word, and the enemy comes immediately to steal the word that's been sown. Everybody has heard the word, and then the deceitfulness of riches maybe, lust for other things, stuff in the world, things going on, distract you, pull you away, or whatever. But his intention is, everybody walks through those, but his intention is for you and I to arrive with a heart of good soul. That's producing 30, 60, 100 fold. First and foremost, receiving 30, 60, 100 fold of revelation of wisdom coming to you from the Word of God. I can say today, I can say today that I see wisdom coming to me quicker than I ever have before. Like on every wave, I'm getting wisdom from scriptures and things that God is showing me. I'm talking about the things I'm applying to my life. Yes, wisdom to preach. I'm giving you something right here. Maybe you've never heard me say that before. Constant wisdom is coming to us. But in the next passage of scripture, this last passage that I'm reading to you, this is... This is the key to living in revealed knowledge and wisdom and understanding of God. This is the key. Everybody say key. 
And he said, he said, in Proverbs 4 we just read, as you're going after wisdom, get it and get the understanding of it. So what I just read to you is what has to happen to the condition of our hearts, our minds, our way of thinking. We have to think like Him. That's why we need the daily routine. That's why we need to be sowers of the Word. The sower sows the Word first. So we go through one type of soil and another type of what's happening. It's getting, it's getting pliable. It's getting worked up. It's getting turned over. And then it's becoming good soil that can receive and operate in the truths of God. You have to be able to handle the truths of God. Did Jesus say in the world that you'll live in, there is much persecution? And he was saying, he said time and time again, you will be persecuted because of the Word. You'll be persecuted. Come against. So you've got to develop the condition of your heart to where you're not moved by what you see, what you hear, how you feel. You know from the Word of God that that truth will see you through anything that you face. And here lies the key to see that established. There's no other key. This is the key. And after I read it, some of you have already heard me say it before. Some of you might say, well, you know, that's not that. You know, this is the key. This is the key. I said it's the key. It's the key that unlocks the door to everything right here. And I'm going to read it out of the Passion. Galatians 6, verse 7. God will never be mocked for what you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. The harvest you reap reveals the seed that you planted. If you plant the corrupt seeds of self-life into this natural realm, you can expect a harvest of corruption. And in, in light of what we just read in Mark 4, if you stay and you choose to keep that heart that is just kind of half in, half out, got my big toe over here, but I don't really want to commit to the things of God. I'm talking about a commitment to God, to Him. A relationship with Him on this side of heaven. You want to keep those other soils? Then you just stay there. This will rob from you, and the enemy always getting in his way here, and that, or whatever. But if you stay pressed in, as he's saying right here, watch this, this last part of these, these three verses I'm reading. If you plant the good seeds of spirit life, you will reap beautiful fruits that grow from the everlasting life of the Spirit. Oh, glory to God, it sounds awesome. So, all i got to do is do that for a couple of weeks and woo, glory to God, and it's all done. Mm, yeah, if you don't read the next verse. Actually, the next two verses. And don't allow yourselves to be weary planting good seeds. <laughs> what did I say this was? It's the key. 
Don't allow yourself to be weary planting good seeds. Somebody just yell out to me, how do you plant, how do you sow the Word of God? Out of your mouth. There's no other way to sow the Word of God. You have to speak it. Did you hear what I said? You can't read it. You can't look at it. You can't think it. Watch, this is not sowing. That's not sowing. You have to speak it. He said, do not allow yourself to get weary in speaking and confessing and declaring the Word of God. For the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you planted is coming. Everybody say, it's coming. Take advantage of every opportunity to be a blessing to others, especially to our brothers and sisters in the family of faith. Two things. Your harvest is coming if you don't quit. If you don't allow yourself to become weary in doing well in your declarations of the Word of God, you will reap. And the second thing is, you have to stay when you're, oh man, this, this, is, this is huge. That, that tenth verse, we hardly ever read that. I'll read it again. Take, every opportun- take, every, take advantage of every opportunity to be a blessing to others, especially to our brothers and sisters in the family of the faith. It's so easy sometimes to get offended with our brothers and sisters in the church, in, in faith life, in, in, in those kind of things. It's so easy to get offended with people and just kind of, you know, move yourself out of that kind of thing and put more of your time and attention and energy with people that are not of the faith. And listen, if that's easier for you, that's a warning sign. Because I've never found anything in the kingdom that's easy. And I'm just telling you, to obey this, you have to stay committed to doing good to people that are of the faith. First and foremost, be good to everybody. I'm, not te- I'm telling you, not, don't be good and don't you know, have right connections with other people. I've got lots of connections of people that are not, are, that are not born again. But that's not where I invest all my, that's not where I invest most of my valuable time. My valuable time is in the household of the faith. Because we've been created to be a blessing. When you're blessed, you can be a blessing in the household of the faith. That's where the return comes from because a lot of times you've got to do it by faith. It's easy to do something for somebody that's going to, you know, go all over about you. And, and many times in the household of the faith, God will tell you to do something for somebody and, and do it secretly. Not let somebody know that you had something done for them or you helped them in some way or whatever. Many times that's the way it is. And he said here, if you won't quit developing this, 
and you won't quit declaring the Word of God, first and foremost, before sowing anything else in life, the sower sows the Word. And those two things that I just gave you out of Mark chapter 4 and Galatians chapter 6 are the keys to living a life on the receiving end of the wisdom of God in your life. Can you say amen to that? Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.